Our Lady, Seat of Wisdom. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. My dear friends, I will confess that I feel the frailty of the body as I'm about to preach of this, the most beautiful topic of all. And I can only pray to God that in the same way that there was a donkey in the manger, that I be like the donkey of Balaam and I be, I be able to speak to you words of God in this beautiful night in spite of my shortcomings. What a beautiful thing it is to celebrate Christmas because our Lord Jesus Christ is the center of all our lives. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the life of our soul. He is the love of our heart. He is our consolation. He is our reason for existing. He is everything to us. And today we receive him for the first time. But my dear friends, as we celebrate Christmas, I would like to exercise your faith a little bit. Often it happens that when we think of the story of Christmas, we see it as that, as a story. There are so many plastic depictions of it. Movies, uh, statues, paintings here and there. And these depictions could make us forget that we speak of a historical fact, of something that truly happened. And this is something that I always like to bring it down to, my dear friends. This is not a fiction. This is not something that is a tale that is passed on. These are, as the angels said in the gospel, these are news. These are things that are real. Consider how great it is that God stood on this earth that you walk on, that he breathed this air, that he was under the same skies that you are. St. Joseph and our Blessed Mother walking through Bethlehem through the night in the cold, rejected by people, humiliated perhaps, having to go to a stable. This is not a tale. This happened in this same reality that you live in. As if it had happened today, and I came today to tell you, this woman in a poor house in Denver gave birth to a baby. I don't know if you're going to believe me. I hope you do. But this baby that she gave birth to is God. And God is here among us. And you can drive over there and you can see the baby and hold his hand and see, look at his eyes. And he's God made man. God made man is here right now with us. You could go see him if you wanted to. Just as if this has happened today and here with us, it's that real. Joseph was a person just like you and me. He lived only a few years ago, relatively speaking. Our Blessed Mother, the same. And he was only a few miles away. And the point to be made, my dear friends, is this, that it is a reality that God has come to dwell among us that you could hear his voice, that you could see his eyes, that you could touch his hands. How do I know this? I know this because my father told me, and then his father told him before that. And this passed on through a line, a generation of men, who all of them were trustworthy, men that were willing to die tortured to pass this news to us, men who were willing to travel across different places with no interest, no money, no profit for them, but to know the truth. And my dear friends, as you see these beautiful lights and this altar and all these beautiful ornaments, let it be a reminder to yourself. This is so that you know this fact of your faith. 
that God became man. There is nothing in your life that you know that is more important than this. It is the most important piece of knowledge that you have. And you should be willing to pass it on to your children and make sure that they pass it on to their children. And you should be willing to give your life for that. Because God came to this world and became man for us. My dear friends, how often do we separate the material from the spiritual? And I think to myself, I can separate my work from religion. I can separate my school from religion. I can live my life out in my work with my friends and then come and be a different person in religion. These are different things, the material and the spiritual. And how do we not see that today God broke that division and he put the material together with the spiritual, uniting the divine, God himself, with the creature, men. And God did that so that we have no pretext anymore to separate God from my life. He has become sensitive. He has become material. He has become present to say, here I am. I'm always here. And after this moment, the most important of all of creation, the earth can never be the same because God has come. My dear friends, as we consider Christmas, we also consider the reason for the coming of the baby Jesus. He came out of love for you. And I don't say out of love for you collectively. I say out of love for you personally. You by your name, each one of you, and I say this frequently because it's true. Jesus Christ came to Bethlehem. He became a baby for you specifically. And I would dare say that if you were the only person that needed to be saved, he would have come for you. That's how much he loved you. Consider when you see the baby Jesus and you walk through the, to the manger, walk in there and you see our blessed mother kneeling in there, St. Joseph kneeling also in adoration, and you look down to the baby and you see his eyes. Consider that God made himself hands and feet in order to be crucified to save your love. Consider that God made himself a mouth so that you could hear his words and his teaching with your own ears. Consider that God made himself a heart to beat for you. That God made himself a back and shoulders to be able to carry a cross to save your soul. And as you consider these things, my dear friends, on this beautiful Christmas, on this beautiful feast day, Think of how much your soul is worth. Think of how important your salvation is. That God gave for, made himself hands and feet and a heart and eyes and a humanity in order to come and save you. How can I neglect my soul? How can I not come to Mass? How can I not say my prayers? How can I not go to confession when I need it? when God himself made himself a creature in order to save my soul. How beautiful it is this feast of Christmas and how powerful it is, my friends, if we look at it with the eyes of faith, it is not a tradition alone. It is not just a celebration. 
It is a true fact that should change everything in our lives. Oftentimes, we hear, especially from young people, I relate to that, you know, we all were young. We hear, oh, Catholicism is very difficult. It is very difficult to practice my faith. And one thinks, you know, if one could put himself in the mind of God, one would think, what else could I do? I come to you as a baby. I didn't come to you as a cop or as a judge. Not even as a teacher at first. I came to you as a baby, the most beautiful sight that you could see, the most tender of them all, the most harmless of them all, the most loving of them all. Who doesn't love a baby? And that's how God comes to you at first in the easiest way possible for you to come to him. And if you ever struggle to live your faith, if you ever think that the commandments are too many or that the requirements of being Catholic are too harsh, always remember this, it is all out of love. All that God asks of me is his love and he's given it to me all. Today, my dear friends, consider this, God knew how much the devil takes us through our senses. All the sins, most of them come through our senses. We look at things and we sin, or we touch and we sin, or we speak and we sin. And that's why God said, I will come to you through that door and I will make myself sensitive. I will make myself a man so that you can touch my hands, so that you can touch my feet, so that you can hear me with your own ears. My dear friends, today as we continue with Mass, ask our Lord from all your heart to repay love with love. And since God has given to you every sense that he had, and he gave himself senses for you, you yourself give your senses to God. Let it be that your eyes from now on are made to see God, to see his image, to raise them up to the crucifix, to read his holy words and learn his holy teachings, to learn his prayers. Let it be that from now on, your mouth is used to pray his name, to praise his name, to sing his glories, to teach his doctrines, to become a mouth that you lend our, our Lord, our God, so that he teaches through you. Let it be that your ears are used to sing, to hear his praises, to hear his prayers, to hear the words of preaching that come from the priest and that are the words of God himself, of Christ himself speaking to you. And above all, let it be that your hands and your feet work for the glory of God, but that your heart from now on in the same way that he made his heart only to love you. And remember, it was a true baby. There was Jesus Christ as a baby, and you could have held him in your arms and put his chest next to, his che to your chest and feel his beating. And if he made his heart just to love you, let it be today ask in the Mass that from now on, your heart beats for nothing else but to love your God and your creator that has loved you so much. There is nothing left that he could have done. He has loved you to the extreme, to the extreme of making the impossible, that God would become a creature, possible in a wondrous way. What a beautiful feast day we celebrate today, my dear friends, and I would encourage you
to live it with great joy, with great faith, but above all, with great charity. From the part of all the priests, all the, of the seminarians, and of all the sisters, we wish you a very merry and blessed Christmas. Above all, a Christmas of faith and a Christmas of the love of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen.